welcome Mercy Road to worship. Merry Christmas. We can still say that, right? Um, if I haven't met you, if you're watching online, my name is Pastor Mike Glatzer. I'm the lead pastor here. Today is going to be a different format. Um, we're going to do something that doesn't feel like a sermon at all because it's not, but I, I think it will have similar effects as a sermon, maybe, maybe even better effects. Uh, we're going to take a moment and pause and consider how God has been gracious and faithful to us personally and as a congregation today. And so I'm going to invite the staff up. We have Carrie, our kids' ministry director, Ari, our worship pastor, and Chad, our uh, spiritual formation pastor, and myself. And we're going to discuss. There's also a microphone here. And as the staff looks back on 2020, a crazy year, no doubt, but one that God has been faithful to us in, I would invite any of you who the Spirit moves to come up and share briefly maybe uh, an area that God has been faithful to you in 2020 or um, a testimony, so to speak. It'll have to be a brief one. We'd like to, to have a few different voices. So that format will intentionally interrupt what's going on up here. And it's not an interruption. It's, it's just a, a zipper merging together of testimony and God's mercy. So if you'd like to come and share at any point, just come up and sit in the front row. Good thing about Protestants in the Midwest is there's always an empty front row. So it makes for a nice staging uh, area. So you just sit there and we'll know that you want to share a little something. And then when there's a pause, we'll, we'll invite you to speak nice and loud into, into that. So uh, Carrie has put together a slideshow. And before we get into the faithfulness, some of you may have noticed that I have a T-Rex sweater on. Uh, he's a T-Rex with antlers, and he's got a Christmas sweater on himself. Um, I don't think I won the prize, but I showed up. I'm a little jealous of Chad's. He has um, a sweater with Jesus and Santa Claus in a, in a VW bus with a peace symbol on it. That's... Okay, Carrie, you tell us, uh, it, if anybody did wear an ugly, crazy, funny, um, gimmicky Christmas outfit or sweater, would you stand up just so we can kind of gauge the room? The Johnson yes. family really represented. <laughs> the Johnson family, wow, you, you guys really went out. Ryan is a full-blown elf there. Wow, what do we got there? That's, this, is my, this is my old gift to me. Nice. <laughs> See, but you, you went a little above and beyond. You've got lettering on yours, right? Yeah. I like that. And, um, well, Carrie, you're going to be the judge here. Oh, golly. Okay. I do think Ryan Johnson has to be. Ryan, come on up. <laughs> uh, we, need the, we need the hat, too. Sorry. We need the hat. Yes. Ryan, you're going to come up. That we're going awesome. to have our winners on stage here. This is what happens when you wear a onesie to church. Nelson, Nelson, <laughs> Nelson you got to come up. Nelson, there you go. Wow, yep, that is a onesie. you got to stay up there. Yep. I've Nelson. got one more. Cheryl, Cheryl was looking very festive in the back row. Yeah? Thank you, guys. Merry Christmas, Cheryl. Cheryl, you got one and too. And I do have to say one for my kiddo Jonah in the back. Okay, He's so Jonah got great. one too. Yep and, yep. and for all of you runners up, Chad, there you go. Don't feel too bad. You look yeah. great. We still you like guys. you. Give, give him a hand. Woohoo! Merry Christmas. <laughs> Somebody take a picture of these guys. All right, we got a picture. Someone get a picture. Yes. 
Oh, your agent? Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll sign the waivers afterwards. John's got a photo here. And, and if you're new to Mercy Road, this isn't our typical Sunday format, just so you know. This is not typically what we do. All right, give him another hand as they... I said this on Christmas Eve. We do this in part because it's a discipline in life to constantly remind yourself to take God very, very seriously, but not take yourself so seriously. And that's why, that's why we do that. So Merry Christmas through the ugly sweaters. And um, Carrie was kind enough to kind of tee up our conversation with, uh, with some slides. So let's, let's get the first slide going. That sounds good. I think, yeah, Mike, we'll be able to walk ourselves right through it. This was last December, you guys. I think it was the night before Christmas, wasn't it, Mike? Where chairs just came in. And yep. we were setting it up, all our new chairs. New chairs, that was a big deal. Yep. For those of you who you didn't have the luxury going, of sitting Brian. on the old chairs, we, we gained about three inches, so <laughs> uh, that, that was good. They were kind of mini. And we were just in full remodel mode. We were excited. Um, the church was growing. and Yeah, we and took we the needed, walls out. Yeah, we um, needed to open our walls. That was God's mercy for sure. It's almost like he told us to do something that would be perfect for a pandemic open concept. So we just kind of took it stage, stage by stage, didn't we? Yep. You'll recognize you guys, but that door there now has turned into a baby nursery that we, we really never got to use before COVID. Yeah. Yep. yeah, before the pandemic, it looked like a puppy mill. When you went in, in the nursery, there were so, too many babies, so we had to make an overflow. And thank you to all the volunteers who helped make that happen. And then COVID hit. Started the weekly wire. That was something we hadn't done before—a weekly newsletter. Isn't it cool how when God brings some hard things in your life, it actually forces you to do some things you know you should have been doing the whole time? Like a weekly newsletter is a really appropriate thing to have for a church of our size, but it wasn't until COVID that it pushed us into that discipline. And thank you for putting that together, Carrie, every week. And then, right, a lot of our families we had to see them online and. and that was something we, we had been live streaming, but um, we really leaned into the intentionality of it. I think Ari's gonna speak more about the technology piece in a little bit. This was a, just a clip from Mike doing one of our very first ones, you guys remember that? Ari will probably speak more where we had tech booths set up in the cafe and yeah. And our first service outside. This was before the, the famous Easter snowstorm. You guys had one run through outside and then Mike just trying to um, stay communicated communicating with our people would set up around the church I had fun I like, like that there's a huge thing of toilet paper yeah that was yeah and there's the famous Easter Sunday yes yep OSHA called they weren't happy with no. that yeah anybody there yeah that was cool yeah no. we had two different services mm-hmm we started our COVID Mercy Fund. Yeah. Yep, yeah, so we decided early on, and this was kind of a step of faith because finances weren't exploding at that point, to, to take 10% of every tithe and offering that came into the church during the pandemic and, and put that into a special Mercy Fund. And uh, that Mercy Fund has blessed a lot of people. And, and I just want to tell you, on behalf of your generosity, because it's the collective offering, it's such a joy to, to have people on the phone and they barely can keep it together. They're so happy. They're crying and they're, they're thanking 
Mercy Road for, you know, you had no idea how much that meant to us. All sorts of people who were out of work, and we sent uh, food gift cards to, and we had a, a barber who had to close his barber shop down that we, we sent some money to, and I, I thought there was a bad connection because he just couldn't even compose himself to say thank you. And, and I realized it was just his emotion, and he was so moved. And what was cool about that is, you know, we're, we're a church that holds some conservative values on human sexuality, um, marriages between a man and a woman according to the scriptural standards. And, you know, in this culture, you take some flack for that. Um, and yet this barber, we intentionally sought out as a friend from the congregation who happens to be a, a gay man. And so he said, I've never been loved like that from a church. And so that, that came from you. And I just want to say thank you for your generosity. Zoom links. How many Zoom meetings this year? Zoom Anybody prayer. sick of Zoom? <laughs> <laughs> but yet it was such a blessing for us too. I know uh, many women had um, groups through the winter and um, it really helped to see the faces and make that connection. So I thought we should remember that. And then moving to our outdoor on the side of the building, right? We we moved outside. Yay, Chad's first Sunday. And Cross of Christ coming together. We'll obviously speak more about that. But that was a huge, a huge praise. Okay. Chad had a wonderful devotional early in the merger. And he's going to just kind of reiterate that scripture, read it for us, and just ground what we're doing here in scripture. And, and that would be a time while he's doing that, too, if, if you do feel like you want to share something that God has done for you in 2020, just give a testimony. It doesn't have to be long or profound. It can be simple. And it can even be something that's really been challenging for you in 2020, but you're just telling the congregation, I know God's, God's still with me, even though this has been a really hard thing, a loss. So feel free to come sit in that front row. So it dawned on me, I'm reading through the Old Testament on a, just a personal journey, and it fascinated me, and it really caught my attention this time, how many times God calls us to remember. And he, he would take the Israelites and literally have them, well, Passover. Uh, they would set up memorials, and then he would say, you know, when you come back here, you'll, you'll remember my, my hand, my sovereign hand with you. And I thought about it, and it, it just dawned on me how important that is, that we set up memorials, that we have points where we remember God's presence in our lives. And I just want to share one scripturally, and then uh, I'll reflect on it briefly. But I'm in Joshua, the book of Joshua, chapter 4. They have just crossed over the Jordan River on dry ground, right? That's the whole uh, beginning of Joshua moving into the promised land with the people. And uh, they take the Ark of the Covenant and they put it out in the middle of the Jordan River and the, the walls of water separate. And so Joshua chapter 4, verse 1, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, one other thing I like about this is my kids' names are Jordan and Joshua, and they appear in the same sentence right there. Um, so that's a cool moment for me, but that's not the whole point of this. The, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priest stood, and carry them over with you, and put them down in a place where you stay tonight. 
So Joshua called together 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said, Go over before the ark of the Lord uh, your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it, um, when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are a memorial to the people of Israel forever. And, and so God wants us to come back and, and remember and celebrate his hand in our lives. And we just thought this is a day to do that together, is to remember God's sovereign hand, even in difficult times, I think even more so when it's hard. And I think that's why God brings us back time and time again to remember. And that's what today is really all about. Well said. Thanks, Chad. Ari, do you, do you want to speak a little bit to the remembrance of the technology learning curve here in 2020 and just God's faithfulness in that? Yeah, so we had just begun um, <clears throat> diving into improving our live stream and our, fi- our, our social media presence that we have with, with the church. And I, I just want to, can we quick give a hand to the tech booth back here? Because they... Um, two... I mean, they're all, they're all just unsung heroes back there every Sunday making it happen. Um, everything we do up here goes through their hands and then out to you guys. So it's, they're the ones who make it sound good. <laughs> so, um, But there's two particular um, gentlemen that were there every Sunday setting up, tearing down, troubleshooting, um, figuring out what cables we needed, what cameras we needed, how we wanted to hook this up, um, how, how, you know, just all these different elements. But Leonard... Um, Carrie's husband, uh, Leonard Davison back there. And then Anthony Cordoza, if he's watch, if you're watching right now, I want to shout out to you too. Uh, huge, uh, go ahead. If you, I think we can hear it. He can hear it. So those two guys, Sunday in, Sunday out, um, there beforehand for a couple hours afterwards, at, you know, just talking about what went right, what we need to change for next time, just troubleshooting everything. So, um, um, tons of tons of technology behind the scenes that you uh, they were selfless in how much time they put in so yeah yeah I mean it, it really was God's mercy um, to pull off that Easter service we needed two um, FM transmitters oh, yeah and they were very hard to come by and a company out of Colorado came through for us and and it came just in time, but the learning curve in, of setting those up is, is not quick. And so we were one of the only churches that were able to pull that off on Easter because there was just about that much time to get it all figured out and done, and the actual technology was hard to get. And so God, God brought that together, and Len in particular and Anthony figured that out. But the result of that was we had over 10,000 views on that particular message online. And, and so you think about the impact and that, that was just a straight gospel message, a call to live in light of eternity, live in light of the forgiving love of Jesus. So it, it has been an interesting partnership of us doing our best saying we, we're not in control, but we're not going to give up. We're going we're gonna to try as hard as we can. And then we'll let God 
do what God wants to do. And, and it's been humbling to be a part of that. So thank you, Len, for making that happen. I, I, it's weird when you think about it that Len could be rolling around in heaven someday and some random people come up to him and say, hey, just so you know, thank you for those FM transmitters because I'm here because you figured that out. Those are um, communion um, K-cups, we call them, in the military. They were the only ones that could handle the 130 degrees in Iraq um, and not spoil. Funny side note, I've shipped a bunch of real communion wine and elements um, to southern Iraq, and uh, <laughs> some gentlemen from uh, uh, army unit, not to be named, intercepted them, and um, the wafers arrived, but all the bottles were empty. <laughs> so... Um, later in the tour, one of them confessed to it. <laughs> he said, it's been bothering me the whole time. I feel so guilty. <laughs> so, but anyways, we got creative and we used those same little K-cups. And so what worked in Iraq worked in a pandemic. And isn't that neat how God uses seemingly unconnected life experience? And so we offered communion. Yeah. That is our women's ministry. Women's ministry. We met Saturday mornings in the summer and that group just kept growing and growing. Wonderful connections were made, testimonies. Our outdoor service kept growing. We were seeing more than 100 people on a Sunday, Mike, outside. Yeah. Yeah. And this was our latest membership um, workshop. Again, creative. We had it outside, spaced apart. Um, shout out to Kelly Biskins. We had a women's ministry events outside. She shared her beautiful backyard, and we had... Um, a nice uh, walk through there. Pastor Appreciation Day on our new, thank you to uh, Terry Branham, our new stage, and Rick. And then I thought we'd end with this mic. I didn't know if you wanted to. So we've been, we've been creative in the pandemic, and we've been trying to think, how do we continue to make opportunities for our people and the people who are outside of our walls who need to hear about Jesus to come together and grow together? And one thing I've noticed about Minnesota is when I, when I travel, because I've lived in different parts of the United States, everyone kind of associates ice fishing with our state. And they, they kind of assume that we do that all the time. But when you actually ask a bunch of people when the last time they ice fished, it, it, a lot of us have never even done that. Raise your hand if, if you're a big ice fisherman. See, we got, we got very few people. And with that in mind, because a lot of people think of ice fishing like sitting on a bucket, freezing your ears off, right? We, we actually looked into purchasing what's called an ice cave. It's an RV edition ice house. And when you buy a new one of these, um, if you take decent care, care of it, you basically have a resale value where you're probably out $2,000 at, at most if you were to not, not need it in a few years. So these were hard to come by too, harder than a, a transmitter, an FM transmitter. But, but we bought one of these with the intent, uh, purpose to minister to the people of Mercy Road, to um, the veteran community and our military ministry. Suicide has just gone through the roof in that community uh, during the pandemic and its isolation. And to our um, first responders, police officers, and to the work we do with uh, underprivileged underserved kids who just never get some of these experiences. So those are kind of the four target groups. And we will have this on Crystal Lake in Burnsville to start. And this will be an asset for you, the people of Mercy Road Church. It um, 
it, it can fit about 10 people um, at most, and then we have a little ice uh, fishing tent, and we just hope to have some really good fellowship and some opportunities. Just an, a neat thing, um, Jill um, is a police chaplain who attends Mercy Road, a member of Mercy Road. Her husband, Dave, has been on the board, and uh, they're just dear people, and they own a campground in Savage, Minnesota, and they have dedicated uh, a spot right next to a little um, trout stream for this to live in the summertime. So it will minister to families in the summertime as well to be a little retreat place where people can spend a day with the Lord or do an overnight with their family. And anyway, she was talking to uh, a police officer who is really discouraged in the current climate of law enforcement and really depressed and even, even contemplating some suicidal ideation. And she said, why don't you just come over and take a look at this ice house? Because the ice isn't thick enough. It's being stored on her campground. And he toured it, and she said, this is available for you and your family. You can take your wife and kids out. This is a resource for you, and so we care about you. And he got very emotional, and he got very excited, and his whole demeanor changed. So she sent me a text message about that. So, so who knew that um, ministry would include buying ice fishing houses? But, but we're trying to be really creative. We're, we're putting some Conquer Ninja Gym equipment in um, the kids' ministry. Carrie will talk a little bit about that for some of the kids to engage. But we're, we're prayerfully getting creative. Go for it, Chen. Strange to stick with fishing, but I, I, the first thing I highlighted as we look back is how, how Mike and I reconnected. And strangely, it was it was two men who shared a fishing ministry who said, hey, there's a potential merger going on, Mike. I, I think you should should think about this, pray about this. And Mike wasn't very excited. And then he said, oh, three churches and a merger. I, I just, I don't know. Who, who's the third church? And, and uh, he was told it was Cross of Christ Community Church. And, and Mike and I had had history. And so here's another strange connection through fishing that brought Mike and I back together and strangely was just so important. When, when Mike called me out of the blue, I, I, I was just thrilled because I knew for us as a church, we needed a church with young families. And, and that was the connection that would, would make us a multi-generational church. So it's just so neat how God uses these little moments that we might dismiss otherwise and, and, and brings them to be so important. And that was the beginning of our conversation and reconnection. Yeah, the, the merger, the adoption, the partnership that has formed in, of all years, 2020 has been unbelievable. And, and isn't it the case in your life that sometimes the Spirit moves you to do something that seems a little inconvenient or not strategic? and yet you get a strong impression that this is the right thing to do, and you have that little inner turmoil. I don't know, I don't know. For me, that was premarital counseling with his daughter, Jordan. I knew Jordan and Mark. They were attending here, but we were, we were sending all of our college-age uh, ministry kids to a church in the northern suburbs with uh, our former staff member, Jonathan Nelson. So do you really want to invest all this time in someone you, you literally know is leaving? And premarital takes a while, and I just knew that that was the right thing to do, and that started this relationship. Jordan brought us together, and then we start praying and having coffee. This is in 2018 or 19? Yeah. And my wife even said, you know, you're spending a lot of time with Chad. 
is this, is, is this a good return on investment or for your time? Because, you know, time's a, a commodity, right? You know, when you have uh, three young kids, and I said, I just like him, and he encourages me, but I just have a sense I'm, we're supposed to get together and, and pray. We'd meet at the McDonald's in Burnsville, and there was a few meetings where I think you and I didn't really know what to say. We, we just knew we were supposed to be there talking to each other, and this was before the merger. Any of that was on the table. So now, as a result of what God has done and brought these churches together, we have a, a wonderful gift. Mercy Road as a gift and a, a strong, strong pastor in Chad, and um, Chad, you've brought so much to our staff team. It really feels like a team. Maybe that's just a number thing in part two, but it's really your personality, um, your graciousness and uh, positivity. And so it's, it's almost embarrassing, Mercy Road, when I, when I talk to friends who are in ministry in other parts of the country and they ask, how's it going? Because I don't want to discourage them. I don't want to say, well, our budget has grown substantially. Our numbers have grown substantially. You know, I've never been on a healthier, happier staff team. How's, how, how's your church doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a weird thing. So, yeah, we're, we're really grateful for this merger. And, and we really like you, people from Cross of Christ, just so you know. Carrie, <laughs> oh, go ahead. One last thing about that. I, I, I thought there was a beautiful moment this summer, and it was in July, and we were trying to get our Cross of Christ people to, to dream the dream and, and believe it could be possible. And so I asked Mike if, if he and his staff would consider coming down and doing a lawn chair meeting with us. And this group showed up. Scott, I think Mark from the board came. And it was such a sweet moment. I came up to Ari after he had led us in worship, and he said, did, did you feel, did you see what just happened? And um, Cheryl uh, from our church came up to me afterward and said, that this, this was so powerful. And, and it was just such a beautiful moment that, that really, really sensed God is in this. God is in this. So that was just such a sweet moment for all of us, I think. One thing I'm really proud um, about Mercy Road, proud for Mercy Road, is, is our children's ministry. Uh, I think we have arguably one of the be better, best children's ministry in the entire metro, um, in part because uh, Carrie's personality and her attentiveness and her just love for these kids, also in part because of our size. We're, we're, we're big enough to have enough budget and resources to do things really well, but we're small enough to really love on each individual kid. And so Carrie has been super creative uh, in, a, in a year where a lot of kids' ministry directors just played it safe and didn't do anything. Carrie, would you talk a little bit about what, what you've done? Sure. Um, I found in the beginning, right, where you do kind of panic and, and then you start to pray, and I just had written down, written down some notes to just slow down and remember God's faithfulness, right? And and he called us to be creative. And um, so in the beginning, truly, I made some care packages thinking, okay, we got a couple weeks, they're going to be at home, and we'll send some care packages home. And then we started doing some at-home challenges via Zoom. You can just scroll right through these, Brian. And um, 
video lessons so parents were watching with their kiddos at home. We started that. And then this is about uh, March, April. Parents were getting, you know, the kids are home a lot. They aren't going to daycare. They're getting creative. So I love texting with my families. And this was the Wallsteads being creative at home here. <laughs> and then we had a worship dance party. When spring came, people were just ready to get outside. That was a fun event. And then I just kept thinking families weren't coming on Sunday, Mike, um, you know, for valid reasons. You know, they had people at home that are vulnerable and different things. So we thought, why not go to the family? So I brought my orange blanket, and off we went. Um, Gracie Getz was an intern for us this summer, a junior in high school. I love seeing our um, older kids serving and right alongside and with the little ones. So that was and, great. And just, just stop there for a second. I was, I was talking to my buddy Tom, who we write messages together. Out, He's got a church in California, and he was lamenting, gosh, I don't know what to do with kids' ministry. My kids' director is just kind of shrugging the shoulders, and what are you doing? And I told him what we're doing, and he, there was a pause on the phone, and he said, you literally go to everybody's driveway? And I said, well, well I don't. Carrie does. And he paused again, and he goes, well, not every church has a carry, Mike. <laughs> Any other ideas? <laughs> families, Mike. I think our families are just vested, and they earn, yearn for this for their kids, too. Um, originally, I was supposed to, to care through fifth graders, but we saw we have middle schoolers that needed, you know, loving care, too. So I thought, okay, we'll have a summer youth group. So that started on Wednesday night. And um, I didn't know if anyone would come, but surely, you can keep going, that that group grew too. And we just had so much fun. It started with a small group. And this is, uh, this is um, what we want to do, make them feel known, loved, and secure. And I kept hearing God say to me, um, I think I read it through Orange too, but do for your few what you wish you could do for all or for many. So whoever God placed with us, we just loved on them. Yeah, and then the group just kept growing. Um, Romans 2, I was called to that a lot. Don't copy the behaviors and customs, but let God transform you by changing the way you think. Um, people thought youth groups always had to be separated by age, and um, I just found with our kiddos, we could mix all ages together, and I loved watching the older ones care for the little ones, and it just really blossomed, you guys. It was a neat, neat thing. And then so many littles. We got new friends galore. That's what I love. Our church just kept growing. And look at all the cute little ones. And then our older ones started asking, asking me if they could serve. I'm like, absolutely, you can serve and help in nursery. So now we have a strong junior leadership team um, that's helping in our nursery every Sunday. And it's just wonderful. So I just feel God, you know, definitely was with us, um, blessed our, our kids' ministry. And I'm just so thankful for the support and for the help of our families. You know, we can offer things, but people need to also be willing to participate in that. So I just love partnering with, with our families here. It's awesome.
church has a carry, but we're glad, we're glad, we're glad that we do, and uh, it's a gift for, for our young families and for our kids, and that comes from a father, too. So um, we, we want to wrap things up here again, but want to leave a little, little space here if anybody has a scripture that they'd like to share up here. I know sometimes it's my wife, as an introvert, would say, don't make people come up and do the microphone. So we're not making anybody, but if you do have anything you'd like to just say up here, uh, you're certainly welcome to do that. We'll leave a little space for that. All right. lost a lot of our members and nothing because of Chad. We love Chad so much and Ron and I had promised each other that if Chad left we were going with him. But anyway I heard that Mercy Road had a women's group that met on Saturday morning. So I put on my big girl panties and decided to come by myself and I met Annette and Heidi Karen and Barb and so many women. Kelly touched my heart. I came every Saturday morning by myself from Cross of Christ. I'd go back to the women at Cross of Christ. We got together on Saturday, later in the afternoon on Saturday morning, and I would say, you guys, these women are praying for us. They already love us and are welcome, welcoming us into their church don't be sad. God has got something wonderful. And I'll tell you what, ladies, I am so, so thankful. I had prayed a long time before we made this merger that I would find one special friend here. Just one. I wanted one special friend. I had lost a lot of friends across the Christ that had moved and gone away for various different reasons. But I wanted just one special friend, and I was here on a Saturday morning, and um, I looked over at this gal, and she was talking about her daughter, Christy. And she said that she had a daughter, an adult daughter, that had special needs. Immediately, I was drawn to Barb Branham. I have a son that has special needs. God answered my prayer in Barb Branham. The, ch the women of this church have been wonderful, but Barb and I have just found a friendship that has blessed my life beyond whatever I could have imagined. So I just want to thank all the women and the men, too. I don't know the men as well, but the women. Thank you, ladies. It was just awesome to be there every Saturday morning. I can't wait till next summer. Mm, thank you for that. Well, I'm not seeing anyone else come up, so I'll give a personal one. This is kind of kind of neat. Doesn't always work out this way, but I was at my men's group on Tuesday morning, and um, we did the prayer request thing at the end, going through the book of Acts, and then we did the prayer request. And um, I didn't want to offer this as a prayer request because it felt a little too small or self-serving. But at the very end, after I had given my prayer request and we were pretty much done, I said, actually, there's one more thing, guys. Um, my kids really want a dog. And I'm just at a loss for where to start. They're hard to come by. 
with the pandemic, and a guy, John, in my um, men's group that doesn't even go to this church, um, said, you know, give me a call because my adult children are staying with me for a few months before they move to Nashville, and they've got this dog. It's one years old. It's a mini Australian shepherd, and it's got a lot of energy, very affectionate, but they're wrapped up in their jobs, and, and, and they would love to maybe have it go to the right home. They're really conflicted. And so as of yesterday, uh, we, we kind of did the little trial run for a few days, and I told my kids we were just dog sitting, and then I was able to, they were really sad. I kind of played it up. Um, he's, going, he's going home, and they're sad. And so I go around, and then I knock on the door, and I put a bow on his head. And, and, and so now we have Blue, the Australian shepherd. Uh, his name's Gunner. They want to rename him. I don't know if that's ethical, if you have any thoughts on that. But, but in any case, how cool is it that God is just faithful? And, and it's, Christianity is not about treating God like a genie who just gives you the stuff you want, right? Because a lot of the things that we want is not really good for us, or it's not yet, but, but those moments where you, you see the, the heart of God, where he provides something um, in an unexpected way. Uh, they gave us the dog for free. It was just a real, real blessing. So that, that's a personal one. Chad, would you mind just kind of wrapping us up here in, in a little time of prayer, and then we'll uh, close with, with worship? Please join me, everybody. Lord God, it's no accident that you call us back and remind us to celebrate. Life can be hard. Challenges can be big, but you're bigger. You always have been. You always will be. And so, Lord, we thank you that we can look back and celebrate your sovereign hand on this church family. As we have walked together, as you brought us together, we praise you and we give thanks. Lord, we so look forward to what's next. May your love and hope just be so evident in us as we spend time with family and friends and strangers. We love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.